0: Our bodies are smart. It can be a like, hey, this irritation of the uterus or these contractions that are, you know, doesn't mean that it's time to give birth. It can be a heads up for us to be paying attention to my posture. How am I sitting in my chair? Am I taking time to relax? Is it maybe a positional thing with my baby? It just kind of brings those things to the mind. Just like when you're thirsty, you know, your tongue's dry, your throat's dry. And you're like, oh, yeah, I need to drink. Getting pregnant and giving birth are two of the most exciting things you can ever hope to experience in this life. The moment you think you could be pregnant, you're frantically searching for all the best information, which is why you're here today. I'm Stephanie King, and with my many years of experience as a professional childbirth educator, doula, and lover of all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, I'm here to make preparing for your birth enjoyable, empowering, and totally easy. Each week, I'll cover different topics, interview professionals, and get into the nitty-gritty birth stories from mamas just like you. And when you're ready for more, you can join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com where I take you step-by-step through exactly how to prepare your mind, body, spirit, and partner for a birth you love. So let's get started. It's time, the My Essential Birth Postpartum course is here. Whether you're pregnant, just got baby home, or weeks and months into postpartum, this is the course for you. No more wondering what's normal for your body postpartum, if baby's eating or pooping enough, or how to get a good latch. You now have an all-in-one resource where you can click a topic and get the answer. Learn more at myessentialbirth.com forward slash postpartum. And add it onto the My Essential Birth course for even less when you bundle them at checkout. Already in the course? Check your student library and add the course for the same discount. I can't wait to support you on your postpartum journey. I know you guys are ready for it. This is my reviewer of the week. It is Cora the Floral Preserver. Awesome name. She says, can't get enough. I love, love, love this podcast so much. My husband and I are not trying yet, hopefully soon, but I stumbled upon this podcast trying to stay awake on a drive one night and I was immediately hooked. Stephanie and Courtney for those older episodes does such a good job of giving all sides to any scenario, decision, or piece of advice and truly make learning about my body and birth so fun and exciting. I know I will end up listening to all the episodes twice, once now and again when we are pregnant. I love that. Yes, please follow along. Even if you are not pregnant yet, this is the best place or one of my favorite places that you can come and listen and learn and be prepped for even getting ready to be pregnant. So, thank you for leaving that review. I love that you stumbled upon the podcast. Um, and for those listening, if you haven't left a review yet, please go do so. It really is the best way to help spread this awesome information um, that birth is normal and natural, fun, beautiful, and totally doable. So with that in mind, let's talk a little bit, as promised, about prodromal labor. Now, I polled you guys, like I said, a couple weeks back and I said, hey, give me your topics that you want to hear about. Prodromal labor was one of them that came up several times. So then I asked you guys some questions and I will answer some of those here today. But let's take a moment and chat about it. So first of all, what is prodromal labor? And certainly if this is your first baby and you are not later uh, coming up to giving birth to your baby and or not experiencing any of this, maybe you haven't even heard that term. So you've probably heard of labor contractions, obviously those are contractions that lead to the birth of a baby. And then you've probably heard of or maybe have heard of Braxton Hicks contractions. And those are just this like tightening or squeezing um, kind of that can happen somewhat consistently, but happens throughout pregnancy. You'll feel them earlier with subsequent pregnancies, but that first one, maybe you don't feel it for the first two, three, four, five, six months myself, I didn't really realize what they were until the very like late part of pregnancy. And then I like went back in my mind and I was like, oh yeah, I was feeling those like end of first trimester into second trimester, somewhere around there. But it's kind of a tightening that happens. Um, It's never painful or it shouldn't be painful. And they are not contractions that lead to the birth of a baby. Prodromal labor contractions are a little tricky. These are contractions that are actual contractions. Um, You may experience pain and or discomfort with them. They can become longer, stronger, closer together, just like real labor contractions can. And I, when I'm saying real labor contractions, I do not mean to discount your prodromal labor contractions. The only um, distinction I'm trying to make is that real, quote, labor contractions mean Those contractions continue until the birth of a baby. And oftentimes, prodromal contractions do not. But I actually got a question associated with this earlier this week, so I'm going to address that in a moment. But they can become longer, stronger, closer together. They can kind of take on that pattern. They are consistent even when you are changing positions or you know, if you're standing and you go to sit down, they remain consistent. If you get in the shower, they remain consistent. If you take a walk, if you lay down, if you change what you're doing, if you eat something and they still remain, right? that Those are one of the ways that we say, let's check and see if this is really labor or if it's going to fizzle out. Um, oftentimes, these contractions can remain and continue along with you. But at some point, they generally will fizzle out, give you a break, albeit, a couple of minutes, a couple of hours, a couple of days, um, and sometimes a couple of weeks. You can have podroma labor, you know, a couple of weeks before you give birth and then it can go away and not come back. Or you can have it, <laughs> guys, you're gonna hate me for this. Okay, let's talk about the different ways you can have podroma labor. So you can have it where it is, you have like a small bout of it and then it goes away and it doesn't come back. And that can be for a couple minutes, a couple days, um, a couple hours. Or you can have it where it comes a bunch, maybe like what happened to me, for example, I would be like, it's time to go to bed. And then from like bedtime until I would need to wake up, I'm having contractions that are 10 to 12 minutes apart. I can't sleep. They're strong. I have to get up. I have to breathe through them and then they fizzle out and go away. So you can have them like that as well. So you'll like have several hours of them in a day and it'll go away and then it'll come back and that can happen consistently. Or you can, and generally speaking, they usually start closer to the very like final part of your third trimester. So say like 36, 37 weeks or so, and then may or may not kind of continue on. Like you may have bouts of them until you go into contractions that don't stop and continue until you have the birth of your baby. Um, or they can just kind of mess with you where you like have a bout and it goes away. So there's a lot, there's a lot of fun that happens with prodromal labor. It's different from mom to mom. It's different from baby to baby. It's not something that like my mom had a ton. So am I going to have it? It's nothing like that. It's not even my, I had prodromal labor with my last baby. Am I going to have it with this one? Although you, You may or may not. Uh, But there's nothing like that. It just kind of is what it is for no necessarily particular reason. However, I will say, and if you remember me talking about this, I've mentioned it a few times, we did notice there seemed to be no studies done. So this is just observational. But we did notice that women... And it makes sense because stress can be one of those things that can cause prodromal labor. But we noticed in 2020 when things were really difficult, when women were feeling very isolated, when there was fear around birth or having to be at a hospital um, with some of the things that were going on, you know, is my partner going to need to be removed? Do I need to be vaccinated? What if I'm sick? You know, who's allowed in the birth room? Am I going to be stuck in there by myself? All of those questions. And we noticed that a lot more women seem to have prodromal labor coming up to birth. So stress certainly is one of those things that can cause more of that fear. Um, So knowing that in advance can be really helpful, really useful. The other thing that we see that can create prodromal labor is positional. So when baby is in a funky position, um, particularly, and this is why we can see it, closer to giving birth, that baby is getting bigger, your space in your uterus is getting smaller, You're more uncomfortable and they kind of start pushing on some different areas within your abdomen, within your uterus, uh, within your pelvic floor area that can create some of that um, unbalancedness, I guess, and kind of movement. So that can kind of like stir things up and get some of those contractions going. So oftentimes what I will say to moms that are having prodromal labor is let's make sure we're doing some of those positional things that can encourage baby into a good position that maybe is not causing some stress on different parts of the body and irritating the uterus to a point of contractions. Uh, That might look like doing the forward leaning inversion. Um, So that's where If you guys haven't downloaded it yet, I will put a link in the show notes. You can click it from wherever you are listening to podcasts or head to myessentialbirth.com. But the forward-leaning inversion is where you have your body on a couch or chair and you're on your knees. You should definitely have somebody next to you that so they can help you get up and down. Um, put a pillow in front of you. So you're on your knees and you lean forward onto the pillow with your forearms. You're going to tuck your chin. Make sure that your bum is straight in the air and your back, your spine is very straight. And you're going to hold that for about three breaths. It can be really uncomfortable, especially like during a prodromal labor contraction. So if you're having a little bit of a break in between them, which you should be, that would be a great time to do it. You're just going to take your three breaths, just do it one time a day and get back up. I would add pelvic tilts to that. You're just allowing for more room in the uterus. The other thing that we recommend doing is a sideline release, and I can include an image of that. Maybe we'll do that this week for Instagram, but sideline release. And of course, I teach it in the birth course, but you're laying down on left or right side and on a couch, preferably, or like the side of your bed. Again, use a birth partner or somebody who can help you and you'll lean the top leg. So whichever, like if you're laying on your left side, your right leg will be your top leg and you're just going to keeping your hips square, roll that leg or tilt it forward so that it can just lay, kind of lay down over the bed until in front of that bottom leg. Um, that's going to kind of pinch or squeeze the uterus in such a way that allows baby, again, to kind of decide, are they in the best position? Do I need to jiggle around and move a little bit? Uh, other ideas, especially if the prodromal labor is becoming a little more nuisancey, would be to see a chiropractor. Um, they can do something called the Webster's technique. Even if your chiropractor is not... I highly recommend if you can find a chiropractor who is certified in Webster's technique to see a prenatal chiropractor. Yes, I highly recommend that. But even if they are not certified in that technique, but they deal with pregnant women and they understand the body, obviously, even getting an adjustment can help, particularly with prodromal labor. So kind of all of those things together, just something to keep in mind when we're thinking of positional things For baby, Uh, other things that you can do in the way of relaxation and stress is especially if you are working, we say if you're using a chair a lot, if you're sitting in a chair, again, this can be helpful for positioning, but also just um, in general, like just the stress of the body, try to use a yoga ball or a birth ball. Um, get up, stand up, move around every ten to fifteen minutes if you can. Take a walk to the to the wall and back. Um, if it's not too weird of a thing, uh, particularly where you work, you know, maybe get off of whatever chair you're on and do a couple of pelvic tilts. But make sure that you're not stuck, particularly in a seated position for a long time. Along with that, if you're somebody who's on your feet all day, make sure that you are taking a couple of minutes here and there to rest and lift your legs up. And then, obviously, kind of end of the night, if you're working and you come home, or even if you're not working, you run errands all day, whatever the case, make sure that you're taking some time for yourself off your feet, kick your feet up, um, relax, deep breaths, maybe some relaxing chamomile tea, maybe a relaxing warm bath, things like that that'll help you relax your body, hopefully relax your mind uh, and be in a good mental space. All of that can encourage your body to not be um, not be so mixed up and kind of just that irritable uterus that can get things, well, that can start some fun contractions for no reason. <laughs> so um, and when I say no reason, let me correct myself there too. Our bodies are smart, and if there is something like that going on, it can be a like, hey, this irritation of the uterus or these contractions that are, you know, doesn't mean that it's time to give birth. It can be a heads up for us to be paying attention to some of those things that I mentioned, to pay attention to my posture. How am I sitting in my chair? Am I taking time to relax? Um, Is it maybe a positional thing with my baby? It just kind of brings those things to the mind, just like, When you're thirsty, you know, your tongue's dry, your throat's dry, and you're like, oh, yeah, I need to drink. Well, that's like a last-ditch effort for your body to say, hey, we're dying over here. You know, we should – like, once you are at the point of thirst, that's actually dehydration. It's kind of the same thing, or it would be really good for you to think of it the same way with prodromal labor, Sometimes sometimes it can be that reminder that, hey, something's going on here. All those little lights going off. Let's pay attention to a couple of things and see what we can do. That said, if you are someone that you just heard that and you're like, but I've been doing all these things. So what am I doing wrong? You can do all of those things. And sometimes your body is just going to do what it's going to do anyways. So do not blame yourself prodromal labor can just be a part of your story it's not anything you're doing or not doing necessarily and so it's just information for you to have so that you have tools so you have options that you can try um along the way to see if some of those things work the other thing as i'm thinking about that and i'm talking about thirst and i'm looking at my water bottle because i'm thirsty in this moment um the other thing is that dehydration can cause contractions so especially as we are in the summer here like in the throes of summer and it is really hot outside um whether you're outside or not whether you're at the pool or not whether you are you know walking or whatever the case hydration is going to be huge especially for the summer the heat can cause swelling the heat can cause contractions um and overall it's just not going to make you feel very good plus when we're pregnant we've got all that extra blood flow and stuff it's easy for us to sunburn there's we have a lot of things that are going on so make sure that you are staying hydrated Uh, Along with that, prenatal vitamin, good nutrition. So have you had your protein, carbs, fat? Are you having a high protein diet, well-balanced diet? Those are just your check-ins. Again, not putting this on you. None of it is your fault, but it is really good to have those things in the back of your mind just so that you can check in with yourself. And you can kind of do, um, so when I meet with moms after they've given birth, I do a head to toe check. And I just run from the top of their head all the way down to their feet. And I ask questions as I go. So like your mental space, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling about your birth? How's your family life going? You know, emotionally, how are you feeling? What kind of thoughts are you having? I would say you can do those exact same things during pregnancy. And when we're talking prodromal labor, we're talking closer to meeting your baby it is not just the body that is preparing for that. There is so much going on in our minds, you know, wondering, is is the nursery ready? Do I have enough of these items, of these products? Are my nursing stations, my diaper stations set up? Did I get whatever tests I needed done? Is my bag packed? There's so many other things. Am I going to be a good mom? Those things can definitely have weight and a bearing on us, just like I talked about kind of that 2020, those fears and things like that. So that's a good place to check in and you can take it all the way down. Like, am I, you know, how, like seriously to your nose, you know, like when you're pregnant and they call it like the pregnancy sniffles or like you have like a stuffy nose, like just walk yourself through like how your body is feeling um, all the way down. And that can be a really good check-in for yourself. Um, All of those things to say, there are many things that may or may not cause prodromal labor, Now that you know some of them, that can be your little like go-to check. But if you are continuing to have them, then here's kind of the tricky part or I guess what can come next. The frustrating part, I don't know if, maybe we'll start with the good part first. Let's talk about the good part of, of prodromal labor and then I'll talk about what can be a little tricky. The good part about prodromal labor is they are real contractions. And as we know, every contraction brings you closer to meeting your baby. So just because they come and go, or they're keeping you up at night or something about it is bothering you, um, or even in your mind, you're like, but it's not labor, you know, every single one of those contractions is doing something. And whether that is preparing your cervix, preparing your uterus, those practice contractions. Maybe baby needs some practice contractions. We never quite know exactly why our body does what it does, but we have to trust. And it's very, very smart. And even during that time, I mean, hormones are changing. um, Your breasts are preparing to nurse your baby. There are so many internal things that are happening that every single one of these contractions is actually a positive thing. The other thing that I loved about prodromal labor, now there were things that I did not love about prodromal labor as well, and they they were difficult for me mentally and physically. Um, And I know that other women that I've talked to that have been pregnant and have experienced this feel the same. But the thing that I did love about them was it gave me a chance to practice everything that I was learning To birth my baby. So as far as like learning to work through contractions. So when I'd have those contractions, it was like go time. Okay. This is like the perfect practice contraction, right? I am going to breathe through it. I'm going to maybe hang over something and let my belly hang really big, breathe into my belly, focus on my breath, tell myself those positive things. I can do anything for a minute. Each contraction brings me closer to my baby. I loved that practice. I tried all the different positions. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna lay on the couch now. I'm gonna, you know, squat down. I'm gonna lean over a counter. I'm gonna walk while I'm holding on to something. I'm gonna take a walk outside and see if I can breathe and and not worry about people looking at me or who I'm talking to. And I actually thought it was really fun. So <laughs> if you've been here for a minute, you know that I love labor. That that's the fun part for me. I hope it. I hope that like hanging out with me and listening to this like it ends up being a fun part for you too but um I really enjoyed that it was like fun practice like real practice for contractions and it was it was neat too to like get into that mental space of okay let's pretend this is the real thing and talking to my baby and just imagining like how the rest of the birth is gonna go it was I think it can be a very positive experience. And I think if you have that in your mind and you're focusing on that, um, then certainly it will be, if nothing more, a more positive experience than if not. The frustrating part of prodromal labor is the part where you don't know if it's gonna stop or if it's gonna keep going or if this is really it or if you're gonna get to sleep again. It can be physically and mentally exhausting. That is just the reality of it. So if you are starting to have contractions and they're coming and going and you're not getting good sleep and it's happening day in, day out or every two or three days, it is like you get yourself totally worked up. You're like, I'm going to have this baby. I'm so excited. I'm going to call my husband. I'm going to call my mom. I'm going to call my birth team. And just kidding, false alarm. And the first or second time, it's like, okay, no big deal. But by the time, like I will tell you for my last baby and I had a week of prodromal labor off and on, it was like I was calling my husband home from work every day and we were both like, "Okay," (laughs) you know, and every time I was like, no, I swear this time I can tell this is my third baby. Michael, pay attention. I know this is definitely it. Anyways, he just finally started coming home with these. um, I would make him get these Oreo shakes. I was like. A week past my due date, right? Or like going into the week of past my due date. Anyway, so I was calling him home from work. He finally just started bringing me these Oreo shakes that I had been requesting because I was super upset. And I was like, "Okay, baby, you want to sit in there past your due date? Fine. I'm gonna eat one of these every day. Hope you're happy," which wasn't good for me. Anyways, okay, whole thing. But it, he, we kept calling him home, and we'd do these walks. And he was finally like, "Look, like I can't, <laughs> I can't keep coming home from work every day. So we've got to figure this out." So kind of the mental, emotional tool of that is, especially when you don't know how long it's going to be, it's like, okay, if I could guarantee that my prodromal labor is going to be for three days, and then I'm going to start having, you know, I'm going to go into my actual labor here, you can mentally prepare for that. But when you do not have an end in sight, you're like, am I going to be exhausted for the rest of my life? It is kind of how it feels. So kind of, and it's exhausting, you know, like, even if it's not the physical exhaustion of what's happening, mental exhaustion is a very real thing. Emotional exhaustion is a very real thing. So when you get excited about something and you constantly, constantly, and your hopes are high and your hopes are high, that adrenaline and that dopamine and all that, it gets exhausted after a couple of days. And then it turns into this like crying, (laughs) I can't do this anymore. Like I'm gonna be so tired for when the labor starts and all those thoughts start coming in. So, Positive affirmations are going to be really important, making sure that you have people that you can reach out to on your birth team that are going to say and do the right things. So this would be like a really positive doula, a really positive mother or friend um, or birth partner, if they understand, have them listen to this, right, about padroma labor. You're going to want somebody telling you it's okay to rest. It's okay that you're not going into full-blown labor yet. I am going to come spend some time with you and distract you. I love you. I'm going to give you a foot massage. You're going to be Okay. Those kinds of things are what mom needs to hear and for you to do. So keep that in mind. Now, how common are is prodromal labor? It seems to be more common now than it has been. Again, no studies. I am simply going off of what I am hearing and seeing within the birth course or talking with other pregnant women that I know. So that is completely anecdotal or not like it's just observational it's just observational but it's not uncommon and so I think it's really important for moms to know about and kind of have on the radar I also gave you that kind of checklist of things to look for at the beginning so keep that in mind now Again, I want to reiterate that just because you have, maybe you have experienced it in a previous pregnancy does not mean that you will ever experience it again. And just because you haven't experienced it in a previous pregnancy doesn't mean that you cannot experience it in a later pregnancy. There's really no correlation back and forth between any of that. So again, it's just something that can happen. So I mentioned before that I had someone reach out on Instagram. And so Monica, this is for you. She was asking, and I actually think it's a great question, um, not just to respond to Monica, but she asked a great question that I think will be helpful for other moms. Because always when I'm on here and I talk about these generalities of like, this is what it could look like. It's really hard when you're the one that you're like, but it didn't look like this. And what was it? (laughs) Right. So um, her situation and kind of what she asked was, what's the difference between prodromal labor and active labor? And I think her situation was she said something about I had contractions that were like three to eight minutes apart or six to eight minutes apart, like the whole time, and eventually, like, had a baby. But she said she was expecting a break and she didn't get one. So And she asked, like, is that prodromal labor? I don't know what to call it. Like at that point, honestly, the terms don't necessarily matter. The truth is, yes, I would label probably a lot of that as prodromal labor um, because there is or or you could label it early labor. At that point, if it's not letting up, it would kind of be the same thing. But in other words, like. You're having contractions that are consistent to a point, right? They keep coming. You're not getting any sleep. They're varying in the way of like, okay, they're three minutes apart, eight minutes apart, six minutes apart. But they, it, there is a difference when that active labor kicks in. So right early on, we, we have that variation of when they occur. Some are very consistent. Some of them kind of jump around like that. The intensity And it's hard when it's happening for so many days or for so many hours because you definitely get more tired and then that intensity increases. But the intensity increases as well. And you go from that mental space of, am I in labor? Is this it? I'm excited. All of that kind of stuff to Whew, like that shift happens, and you're like, there's no guess. I'm in labor. I'm not driving anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm staying here. I'm focusing. I need my birth partner near me. I'm utilizing some tools because things are more uncomfortable. When it moves into all of that space, then it's like, whatever happened perf- before, call it prodromal labor, call it early active, we have moved into that active stage of labor. So, yes. You can call it prodromal labor. At that point, it can be early labor. But I think it's just a term. And it's just that I think she had said she had been through like 66 hours of this. So some women certainly go through this a lot longer than others. I feel like I can relate to some of that. I had that prodromal labor pretty much consistently for six days. It Not like the whole time, but I had like I would have hours of rest and then it would be back and a couple hours of rest and then it would be back. And but towards the end there, and I, I've shared this, my contractions were never closer than six minutes apart that I remember or that was recorded for my third birth. Um, but those contractions eventually, like I remember when my midwife came finally, and she was like, well, do you want me to check you? And I was like, even nervous asking her to come because she lived two hours away. And I'm like, what if this isn't it? And she checked me and I was at six centimeters. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm doing it. Like I'm actually in labor. I was blown away because I had been having these contractions, these labor contractions that were like, is this prodromal labor? Is this really it? Like, is it even doing anything? And yet, for sure, it was doing something. And for sure, I was actually moving into that active stage of labor. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of peace and excitement that every every um, contraction brings you closer to the birth of your baby. Um, but yeah, this was a little bit about prodromal labor. I, I do want to end real quick when I know that I always like talk about kind of risks and benefits. And I went over a lot of the benefits, right? Um, practicing contractions and Actually, it can give you that push, too, to get those last minute things done. (laughs) right? If you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't pack my birth bag. So just in case this is labor, um, you can go and do those things. But as far as risks go, just so that you understand, um, there's nothing in the way of like there's no bad that is coming from these prodromal labor contractions. Um, Probably the worst thing is just the like mental you know, worry about that and then the physical exhaustion. So, as long as you're making sure that you are taking care of your body, well hydrated, you're eating food, you're resting when you can, um, when you get a break, that you really enjoy the break, <laughs> that you really like take time to have that break, then. As far as risks go, that would, I mean, there's no like health risks associated for mom and baby. So nothing to worry about there. Um, This was actually a really fun episode for me to do. I love talking to you guys about all these fun topics that you were bringing up. So again, if you have a topic and you want to hear it, check out at my essential birth on Instagram, you can send me a DM. You can shoot me an email at hello at myessentialbirth.com, or you can check out my stories. And I am occasionally going to put those boxes up there so that you guys can give me all of your best topic ideas and then I can dive into them a little bit more. And I am trying to answer you directly on the podcast if you comment on those boxes. Um, or you have a specific question related to the topic I'm talking about. Um, That way I can talk directly to you, which is really fun. So thank you guys for listening and I will see you next week. If you loved what you heard today, the very best way to support this podcast and help other moms to find it is to leave a quick review. I read one at the beginning of the episodes and I would love for yours to be next. And if you're ready for even more pregnancy, birth, and postpartum goodness, Come join me in the My Essential Birth course at MyEssentialBirth.com, where I will hold your hand and walk you through pregnancy and birth step by step so you're totally prepared for a birth you'll love. See you next week.